Hey guys, it's Simmy and this is Pro Wrestling. Excuse me. Took a big drink of my monster before I went live. Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 6th of July, 2022 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. Another good episode of AEW Dynamite. I wouldn't say it was a great episode, but I would say really good. Really, really good. I thought there was a lot of good things on tonight's Dynamite episode. So hopefully, hopefully that helps them out in the ratings because other than blood and guts, they've been down a little bit in the ratings. So hopefully having a good show here can entice people to watch coming off of blood and guts and stuff. So we'll see how that all goes with the ratings tomorrow and whatnot. But we're talking tonight. We're talking AEW Dynamite. That saw a title change. That saw an actual overrun when they said they were going to have an overrun, which shocked the heck out of me. Because usually they say, Oh, uh, we've just been informed that we've got, you know, extra time. If we need to go past the top of the hour, we can go past the top of the hour. And usually when they say that, it ends instead of like the show ending like right before the top, it usually ends right at the top. But no, they got a two minute. They went two minutes over this time. Two minutes over. And at least I think it was two minutes over unless I was just behind on the app because the app was giving me troubles. Hence why I'm late here because I literally had to go back and watch the TNT title match after I watched the rest of the show, because I couldn't get the TNT app to work at all until freaking 20, 30 minutes into the show. But with that, if you are watching live, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. If you're watching later or listening later on uh, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or podcast services all around the globe like uh, Spotify, like Anchor, like iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. Well, thank you for doing that as well. If you are watching live on Twitch, well, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, you got Amazon Prime, you got Prime Gaming. All you do is take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool perks like free games. And let's see, what are the free games right now? The free games right now are the Metronomicon, Slay the Dance Floor, Serial Cleaner, which is a fun one. 10 Second Ninja is also a fun game. Rain World, Hugh, The Dark Side Detective, and so much more. You also get free stuff for games like Grand Theft Auto Online, Fall Guys, Marvel's Avengers, uh, League of Legends, Red Dead Online, Morocco Blade Point, and so much more. With that, well, you also get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, if you're a subscriber on YouTube, follow us on YouTube. Head over there and hit that join button. Hit the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. But remember, you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Unlimited. With that, it's, well, more directly supporting us and easier for you guys to find everything like our Money in the Bank graphics packages. 
We put up our Money in the Bank graphics packages this week for you guys to have, to use, and to share. All we ask is, hopefully, you give us some credit when you do use them. But what other wrestling news channel that has a Patreon gives you their graphics? Well, not many, if any, because none others create actual custom graphics for every pay-per-view, whether that's WWE or AEW. We do, and then we give you the files to use them yourself. That is something we do to say thank you. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that is a game, whether that is a or whether it's a new game, an old game, or a free game. It's actually for creator code PW Unlimited. Is that creator code? Use it there and help us out. Doesn't cost you anything extra. But with that, we've got the show to talk about. We've got AEW Dynamite that kicked off with a TNT title street fight with Wardlow defending or defeating Scorpio Sky for the belt. Yep, Wardlow, new TNT champion. So they laid into each other very quickly on in this match with Wardlow knocking Sky down on a shoulder block. Sky came back with a simple kick between the legs, but Wardlow fired up with an overhead belly-to-belly. Wardlow continued tossing Sky around until a distraction from Lambert on the floor led to Wardlow being sent into the steel steps. Sky and company maintained the advantage through the commercial break. Wardlow started to come back and landed a, a diving senton bomb. He called for the powerbomb symphony, but all of American top team ran in, so Wardlow had to dispatch them, tossing one onto a pile of the others. Scorpio Sky then took advantage of this distraction with a shot with the belt. Wardlow, though, kicked out of a very good close near fall. Wardlow then escaped the TKO attempt, pushed Sky into Dan Lambert, and pulled down the straps to hit the powerbomb symphony. Three powerbombs later, Wardlow went for the pin and became the new TNT champion. I like this. I like Wardlow being the champion. I don't like the way they went about it, to be honest, but I like Wardlow being the champion. I don't like the whole, oh, well, I could have been in that battle royal for the shot at the interim championship, but I don't think that's great enough because I want to face the real champion in CM Punk when he's back, but I'll go for the TNT title. Well, if you look at Moxley, he's being treated as if he is the real champion, not just a interim champion in the, in the meantime. But Wardlow, you did done messed up, but you did win the TNT title, so cool. That title's kind of lost a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Credibility, though, recently, because they've just been flipping and flopping that title a lot. Also, Scorpio had not even a long run. Like, when did Scorpio Sky win that? Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky won the title back on... April 27th, no longer than I thought. April 27th, and literally, whoa. This is his first, second defense. This is only his second defense, too. No, third. Third. Because he defended it against Frankie. Defended it against Dante. And then defended it tonight, unsuccessfully. So, Wardlow, new TNT champion. And we'll see how this all does go. I don't really know where they're going to go from here with Wardlow. It's like... Does he see Scorpius guy had the title for two months? No, three months, almost two and a half, two and a half months. So it's like, okay, cool. He had the title for two and a half months. How long is Wardlow going to have the title for? 
who's going to be the challenger to Wardlow next? It's like, you would think Wardlow still reckon people. So even if he gets a credible challenger, he's going to have to wreck that person. I don't know. It's just all feels not great to me. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Wardlow has a belt. I like that Wardlow's a champion. But for some reason, him having the TNT title just feels a little, for where they were going with him, so top of the card as far as importance of that feud with MJF, it feels like him having the TNT title is a step down. I honestly would have preferred him to challenge for the world title and lost than winning the TNT title because that still would have made him seem like a more important player, if you know what that means. If you know what that means. Also, got a message here I need to check. All right, back to the show. So, John Moxley did a promo backstage. This is where I started watching my original watch of the show, where I didn't have to go back or anything. This is finally when the damn TBS app wanted to work. Wouldn't work on my phone. Every time I tried to load it on my phone, the app would start to pop up, and then go, it would close itself. Then I tried to watch it on my computer, and for some reason, it just, I'd click play, and it wouldn't load at all. It would tell me, log in with your... TV provider. I'd click log in with Xfinity and it wouldn't let me log in. So it wouldn't let me watch anything. So I, eventually it started working, but it was very frustrating. So John Moxley cut a promo backstage. He said he wouldn't be caught off guard. He knows what kind of monster he's taking on in Brody King. But people are forgetting that Moxley's, mon- Moxley's a monster too. That beating Tanahashi's face in and cutting people in blood and guts makes him a monster. He knows who King is, and Moxley will find out just how bad he is or how bad he wants it. Quote, step up or get stepped on. Mark Sterling and Tony Nese were backstage. This stuff was so dumb all night. This is something I didn't like. The Mark Sterling, Tony Nese stuff. Mark Sterling and Tony Nese were backstage. They had a petition trying to get Swerve Strickland removed from the roster and asked Keith Lee to sign it. Wow. Like, wow. Lee said, he might have some issues, but Swerve's still his partner, and they're still winning, unlike Nice. Yeah, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. This was all right. Like, the Matt Hardy parts of this was meh, but Christian, I love heel Christian when he's got no filter. When Christian will go into the d- darkest and deepest parts of someone's true real life. When he's got no filter to say what he wants, Christian gets dark, Christian gets heelish, very, very heelish. And I love it. Christian said that the fans want to know why he turned. Luchasaurus also aligned with him. Matt Hardy's music would play. He called for Christian. He called Christian the quote Michael Jordan of being an asshole. He said Jungle Boy. <laughs> Excuse me. He said Jungle Boy is his friend, and Christian screwed him over, which Jungle Boy didn't deserve. Christian then said that Matt didn't know half of the things he knew about Jungle Boy quote. You're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one. Oh, shit. Hardy said that Christian was just here to use Luchasaurus to make as much money off of him as possible. He knows he's hypocritical here. He did the same thing to Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade, but he regrets doing so. Matt's here to make sure nobody gets taken advantage of again. Christian said that Matt 
was only out here because he's got a massive ego. He can't stand it when his name isn't in the headlines. Matt will use his kids, wife, his, um, what do you say, his kids, his wife, his father-in-law, his lawnmower, his dilapidated boat. He'll even turn a blind eye to his brother's issues just so he can ride the coattails for one last run. Meanwhile, Christian's the hottest star in wrestling right now, he said. And Matt just wants to be near him. He then called Matt the biggest embarrassment of the family. He said, your brother and his issues may not be the biggest embarrassment in your family. It's you. Matt had it, and it tried to attack Christian, but was quickly taken down by Luchasaurus. The big man then booted Matt in the head and then into the ring post and choke slammed him through the timekeeper's table. There we go. Looks like we're going to get Matt Hardy versus... Probably not Christian. Probably Matt Hardy versus Luchasaurus one-on-one. Video package recapped the Blood and Guts match from last week. Matt Menard said that he did it for Jericho. I don't know if that's supposed to be a play on Rikishi. I did it for The Rock. But he said, I did it for Jericho. Regal said that he had never seen such destruction in his 30-plus years in wrestling. And Kingston said he wants more. That I'm not done with Jericho and the JAS even said, we're not done with Eddie Kingston. They had Claudio Castagnoli and Jake Hager backstage with Tony Schiavone. Tony said that they both signed a waiver so no one can touch the other. Hager said that Claudio wasn't as tough or as hard as him. Nor has Claudio ever won a world championship here in Ring of Honor or even in WWE, unlike he did. Which he's not wrong. Claudio never won a world title in WWE or anywhere else he's been. But Hager did. Hager is a former world heavyweight champion. Regardless of how long or how bad his title reign was, can't take away that they strapped him at one point. They strapped Hager at one point. Claudio said that he beat Jack Zack Sabre Jr. and then Jericho's team at Blood and Guts. Next week, he'll go 3-0 in his AEW career when he takes on Jake Hager. Next week, they will be doing a Fighter Fest Night 1 version of Dynamite. Cool. I mean, it's just another episode of Dynamite. Calling them Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen or whatever, Beach Break, really doesn't make a difference. It's just another episode of Dynamite. Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're not. It's really hit or miss, just like most episodes of Dynamite. Next up, we have Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against The Butcher and The Blade. Blade started off with Keith Lee in this match. He slapped Lee in the face and was immediately leveled by him, though. This led to the Butcher tagging in. Lee gave the Butcher a beal of, uh, off the second rope, and Butcher was frustrated, running out to grab a chair before the Blade talked him out of it. Swerve and Blade tagged in. They had a bit of a miscommunication at one point with a drop-down leapfrog exchange, but they recovered from the little mix-up, I guess you can call it, before Swerve tagged in Lee, who knocked down Blade with a running attack. And then took turns tagging in and attacking the blade until interference from the bunny allowed the butcher and the blade to take control ahead of a commercial break. Back from the break, a diving uppercut from Swerve allowed him to tag in Keith Lee, who ran wild on both members of Butcher and the Blade. They continued to dominate until Lee inadvertently took out his partner Swerve, allowing Butcher to crush Swerve with a lariat for a good near fall. Swerve then fired back taking out Butcher with his running thrust kick, and he and Lee hit a doomsday senton to pick up the victory. 
After the match, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks would interrupt. Hobbs was tired of the disrespect. Starks was tired of them ask, act, uh, acting like they're somebody. There's levels to this, he said. And Lee and Swerve aren't on their level. Starks got hot and said that he'd beat their ass right now. All of a sudden, randomly, the Young Bucks would make their way out. That put over the tag division before reminding everyone who the top dogs here actually are. Nick referenced the Observer saying that they had a five and a half star match at Double or Nothing. An off night for them, the Young Bucks. But they couldn't get the job done. Instead, it was the Bucks who beat Jurassic Express. That proposed triple, triple or nothing next week. They were drowned out with loud FTR chants, which the Bucks clearly didn't expect. The three-way will happen next week. This is dumb. This is fucking dumb. Why the hell are these two teams getting a tag title shot? And if we go and we look at the AEW rankings, who's the number one ranked team right now? Do you guys know? You should know. Let's pull that up right here. Hold on. Give me one quick second. Pull up the AEW rankings. Uh, AEW tweets a frick ton. What the hell? Why? Why are they doing this? Really? Come on. Hold on. Like, really? Hold on. Really? They're going back to this? Why does Wardlow have two belts? Why the frick does Wardlow have two belts? Hated it when Sammy walked around with two belts, and then America Top Team walked around with two belts. Whoa, 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 whoa. I get it why Sammy had two belts for a couple of weeks. But it's like, why does Wardlow have two belts? Sky only had one. That golden purple Lakers belt, which is freaking dope as hell. But now Wardlow's got two belts? Really? Why? Does that what sense does that make at all? And then we got this picture of him in FTR, only one belt. What the hell? What the hell indeed? Going forward, let's see if we can find those rankings really fast. AEW rankings. Yep. Why can't I find it? Come on. Jeez, AEW does tweet a lot. Like, a lot, lot. During their, especially during their shows. Even after. Where are the rankings? Come on. Like, why are they? Here we go. AEW rankings. All right. So, look at the rankings. Who's the number one ranked team here? I could zoom in on that. No, it's not going to let me. Who's the number one ranked team here? Oh, FTR. That's why the crowd was chanting FTR, because they should get a tag title shot. I get it. They're probably waiting for FTR and the Young Bucks for All Out. But then don't have them ranked number one. Or is the storyline going to be that the Young Bucks offered this shot to Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Heath Lee, and Swerve Strickland because they're scared of FTR? And FTR, after this match next week when the Bucks retain, are going to say, hey, 
Why weren't we in this match? Oh, because you're probably trying to dodge us because you're scared that we're going to take your titles like we've taken everybody else's tag titles. Only thing I can think. The only thing I can think that makes this even remotely make any sense why it's not FTR. Going forward, where was I? Eddie Kingston cut a promo. No, House of Black video first. House of Black video played. Uh, Black said that he envied the pain John Moxley inflicts on his himself and others, but Brody King will leave marks on him even further than what Moxley can do to others. Eddie Kingston then cut a promo. Giovanni asked Kingston about Jericho before, King, uh, before Kingston answered. He congratulated Wardlow and everyone on his team at Blood and Guts. Even Claudio. Turns attention to Jericho, who didn't bleed. Jericho interrupted on the video board where he had Ty Conti slam a card door under Ruby Soho's hand. This enraged um, Eddie Kingston, who was really close with Ruby Soho in real life. So I kind of like this, that you know, the JAS has Ty Conti in association with Sammy and all that. But now they've got Ruby getting involved here on Eddie Kingston's side. So I do like the layers in this. I do like, I think there may be a little too many people involved, but I do like the layers of now you've got, you know, they've got a female. So now it's just natural with Ruby over there with Eddie. So I like that. I do like that. It just adds a little more. Saturday says, Ruby had this coming. Ruby had this coming from what? From what? That was a dumbass comment. The Dark Order comes out. And it's like, this was a great moment. But it was kind of, it felt a little shoehorned. It felt a little like they tried a little too hard. It was a nice moment. They, they seemed like they were trying a little too hard. So, of course, they're in Rochester, the home of the late, great Brody Lee. So the cast of Dark Order with Evil Uno, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, 10, Anna Jay, and, of course, negative one, Brody Lee Jr. all made it out to the ring. Silver hyped up the crowd, and Evil Uno teased a dis- disbandment. But then he said, Dark Order is here to stay, even though they've lost two members, Alan Angels, five, and Stu Grayson. They have a proclamation, and he knows who should say it. Uno handed the mic to Negative One, but then QT Marshall came out and interrupted, calling Negative One, quote, a charity case. QT said that Brody Lee was a legend that Negative One takes after his mother. He challenged Negative One to a fight, but then Hangman's music played, and he made his way out to the ring. He and the whole Dark Order just beat down QT with hitting, uh, with 10, hitting Brody's discus Larius, and Negative One said that he'd wait to pin DQ or pin QT until he's 19. He's like, I'll beat you when I'm 19. I'll wait to beat you when I'm 19. I'm like, okay. I mean, this is cute. Good moment in, you know, Rochester and whatnot. But it just felt a little like you could have did something more here on the show that actually progressed the storyline. I get it. Sometimes you just need segments. This was a, a cute... Nice moment, but a dog in it or anything, but it's kind of just like, meh, whatever. 
Jim Ross then came out for the second half of the show. I still don't understand this. Why is JR only working half the show? That I don't get. Then we had the dynamite debut of Roosh. This was cool. Really good. Roosh versus Penta Oscuro. I really like this a lot. And you forget because we haven't seen Roosh wrestle a lot recently. You forget how big and jacked he is. Even Andrade. Because the half time you see Andrade in a suit, kicks that suit off and you go, oh, Andrade swole. And Roosh just as big. Roosh just as big. Also, as far as Roosh and Penta do go, they've had a number of like multi-man matches in Mexico. But I believe they said this is the first time they've ever faced off one-on-one, Roosh and Penta. So they traded overhead chops early on, rides the bell rang. Penta got the upper hand with an arm drag on the floor, but Roosh cut him off with a strong forearm. Roosh beat Penta down and taunted him. Penta fired back and took Roosh out with a tope con grillo. The two competitors, the two, two competitors' associates, their cornermen, I guess you can call them, had a little dust up as we went to commercial break. Back from the break, Roosh hit a power slam and got a two off of it. Penta returned fire leading to another strong chop exchange and simultaneous headbutts. Roosh hit a nice rising knee for a two. They continued to just beat the dead. I really like, hold on, hold on. Let me reread that as I wrote it. They continued to beat the damn, damn hell out of each other. I don't know why I wrote it like that. The damn, damn hell out of one another, out of each other. Roosh hit a missile dropkick for a two. He followed it up with the senton for yet another two. Roosh called for the bullhorn dropkick, but Penta cut him off and hit the fear factor. Penta covered, but Andrade put his foot on the ropes with the official having the obstructed view and not seeing it happen. He saw the foot on the rope, but he didn't see uh, Andrade do it. Roosh then low-blowed Penta and tore off Penta's mask, rolling him up and picking up the victory. This has been the thing with Roosh and Andrade. They're stealing Penta and Phoenix's masks. They did it to Phoenix first, then they did it to Penta, and now they've stolen his mask again. In the back, Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satin M. Singh cut a promo. They basically announced, well, actually, not basically. They did announce that at Death Before Dishonor, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, Smojo will be defending the ROH Television Championship against Jay Lethal. Uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese were backstage looking for more signatures to get Swerve fired. I guess this is a Rampage thing that I don't know. So I'm like, why do they want Swerve fired? I'm like, oh, that's probably a Rampage thing. They ran into best friends who scoffed at them. After some back and forth, basically they're like, "We Orange Cassidy, you'd be great to sign this. He goes, I don't sign anything without my lawyer. And then up comes Dan Housen. Got some Dan Housen shenanigans, which then led to them signing Nisa versus Orange Cassidy for Rampage. Next up, we had the Acclaimed and the Gun Club against Ruffin' It. So it was... The acclaimed Max Caster, Anthony Bones, and the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gunn, against Ruff in it, Bear Boulder, Bear Bronson, and Leon Ruff with Fuego del Sol. During the acclaimed's entrance, the Gun Club grabbed the mic from Caster, not letting him do his rap like usual. Woo. So, just about everybody got involved early on in this match. Not much to the match. The acclaimed and the Gun Club struggled to work together, but eventually Bowens took control with a face buster on Boulder. Great to see Anthony Bowens back in the ring. Caster hit the mic drop and, co- uh, and covered, but Austin tagged in 
stole the pin, and stole the win. After the match, the two teams continued to fight until Billy Gunn actually broke them up. Billy yelled at his kids for a second before leveling Max Caster with a lariat. It was all a ruse. It was all a ruse, ladies and gentlemen. Bowen struggled to his feet, and Billy hit him with the Famouser. Like, you just saw, well, actually, he tried to get to his feet and wanted to scissors Billy. And I'm like, you just saw Billy knock out your partner, but you still want to scissors him? Huh? And Billy hits him with the famous turn instead. So I guess we're going to get the gun club versus the acclaimed. A Miro video aired. He said that Malachi Black was somebody he preyed on. No, somebody who preyed on the fallen. Makes sense, but that's what I wrote. Somebody that preyed on the fallen. Who do, uh, which doesn't work on Miro. Oh, I know I wrote that wrong. Okay. Uh, Miro stated, let me reiterate re- this. Black is someone who preys on the flawed, but doesn't work for Miro because Miro isn't flawed. He said the Redeemer is coming. Then had Thunderstorm, the team of Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, take on Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. This is an okay match. Eh, it was whatever. Storm got the upper hand on Shafir right away, leading to her and Rosa dominating for frequent tags. A few minutes in, uh, Nyla hadn't even tagged in yet. She was uh, only able to enter the match after whacking Storm with an umbrella. And I'm like, oh, I get it. You use an umbrella to block a storm, you know, the rain, this, that, eh. A little too cute for my, my liking. And then commentary had to kind of explain it. And I'm like, yeah, no. <clears throat> After commercial break, Rosa got the hot tag and brought the uh, fire to Nyla Rose with a chop and a forearm. She hit her running boot, but Nyla cut her off and hit a Uranagi before tagging in Shafir, who hit a pump handle suplex for a two. Storm cut off Rose, or Storm cut Rose off with a DDT and destroyed Shafir with a hip attack. Then the Thunderstorm hit a combo fire thunder driver to pick up the victory. So there we go. And get... Basically, our block of women's stuff on the show. Because that's how Tony Khan books this. Women only get one block of segment. It's like, here's 20 minutes. Let's cram all the women's stuff in there. So Jade, backstage with the baddies. Jade was annoyed about Stokely Hathaway trying to recruit Layla Gray to be a baddie last week. But Hathaway said it took a special type of finesse to turn someone to their side. Jay said if she doesn't, uh, Jade said if she doesn't deliver, he'd be the one in trouble. Ready? Dissension between Jade and Stokely? Why? Why? They got some uh, lineups for upcoming shows this week on Rampage. Eddie Kingston will take on, uh, I always butcher his name, his first name, Konosuke Takeshida. I got got the last name down, Takeshida, but Konosuke, Konosuke, I always butcher his first name. Trina Deeb and Mercedes Martinez will be in action. Jonathan Gresham will team with Lee Moriarty against Gates of Agony with uh, Tolly Blanchard. Orange Cassidy will take on Tony Nese. Next week, Fighter Fest, night one. Claudio Castagnoli against Jake Hager. The AW World Tag Team titles will be on the line when the Young Bucks defending against Wervin Our Glory and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Also on the 23rd of this month is ROH Death Before Dishonor. The ROH Television Championship will be on the line when Samoa Joe defends against Jay Lethal. And the Pure title will be on the line when Wheeler Yuta defends against Daniel Garcia. Again, the build for this show is what I thought it was going to be. Just background noise. Just background noise. They ain't doing anything special to get me hyped for this show. Like, Gresham's on freaking Rampage. 
Do I watch Rampage? No. And what are they building for Gresham? He's going to team with Lee Moriarty to what? Defend against Lee Moriarty? Who knows? Who knows? Daniel Garcia was backstage. He said, Yuda doesn't strike an ounce of fear into his heart. You'll see him at Death Before Dishonor. FTR were backstage. Cash said that no match has ever taken as much out of them as their Supercard of Honor match against the Briscoes. They said Death Before Dishonor is coming, and there are still some who don't think they are the best in the world. Hence, why they want one more match with the Briscoes. They said, we had the best match we've ever had. Let's do it again. And I'm like, I'm th- sitting here and I'm thinking, was that or was the um, Usos and Street Profits from Money in the Bank the better match? Two of the best matches of the year. When you think about it, people always like to say, ah, tag team wrestling's dead. Really? Probably three of, if not the three best matches of the year were all tag matches thus far. Lucha Bros and Young Bucks in the cage. FTR and the Briscoes. Usos and Street Profits. Probably the three best matches of 2022 thus far. All tag matches. So for them people online, they like to say, ah, oh, well, uh, F, you know, tag team wrestling's dead. It's just random stuff. No. No. Thomas Pickle says, according to Dave Meltzer, he said that Jim Ross is going to be moving to Rampage, I guess. It's like a commentary shakeup or something. He said, so... What Meltzer says, Tony Khan's just trying things out. As far as the pay-per-view does go, the reason Tony Khan only had um, JR work four matches on the pay-per-view, it's because basically what we're supposed to think is, oh, the matches JR call are the important matches, the most important matches. So That means these matches are the most important matches. I don't know why you do it on the weekly show as well like this, but that's the whole thing with the pay-per-view. JR's only out there for the biggest matches of the night, the most important matches. Like, if JR's going on commentary, then these matches are matches you need to see because they matter. And it's like, but then that makes us think, well, why do we watch the rest of the show? If they're not good enough for JR, then why should we even care? Like, why should we care about the first hour if it's not enough for JR to come out and be on commentary? Also, why ain't we got Tony on commentary anymore? Tony Schiavone's just being regulated to a backstage interviewer. Ain't that what you got? Freaking Alex Marvez and and um, what's her name? Oh, Lindsay Naylor. I know the last name's Naylor. I can't remember. DDP's stepdaughter or whatever. Not Lindsay. The last name's Naylor though. You got you got her, and you've got freaking Alex Marvez, who we haven't seen in a while. But I think it is Lindsay Naylor. Let me look that up. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Her name is Lexi Naylor. That's it. Lexi Naylor. I was close. I was close. You got hers. She could do backstage interviews. And you've got freaking... Alex Marvez, if he's still around. Let me have our main event. And this was a good main event and a great, great showing for Brody Key. William Regal joined commentary. King immediately pushed Moxley into the corner and smashed him with a chop. 
concentrated forearm, still King sent Moxley to the floor and wiped him into the bar whipped him into the barricade. Moxley tried to fight back, but King was able to back body drop him onto the ramp. Uh, after commercial break, no. Back in the ring, Moxley got King off of his feet and applied a figure four leg lock. He continued to target King's left leg until King popped up and laid in some strikes, followed by a black hole slam for a two. After a commercial break, Moxley earned a little bit of a momentum shift here, I guess you could say, avoiding a cannonball from King. He racked King's back and bit at his face before hitting a superplex. There was a dragon suplex from Moxley as well that laid him in a two. Moxley kicked King right in the head, but a comeback lariat from King allowed him to nail a straight pile driver for a near fall. King locked on a sleeper and dangled Moxley from the top rope. Similar to how he eliminated Darby Allen from the Battle Royal last week. He followed this up with a running cannonball for another near fall. King then wanted the Fire Thunder driver, but Moxley escaped and rolled King up for a two. Moxley then hit his double underhook DDT and followed it up with a hammer and anvil elbow. He locked on a bulldog choke and a modified sleeper. King then fell backwards to break the hold, but Moxley popped up and locked it in again, which led to the referee actually saying, he's out, he's done, he's out. Call, ring the bell, match over referee stoppage. Very interesting. Very interesting. They went with the ref stoppage here. They quickly go off the air uh, two minutes or so after the top of the hour. So they actually did a real, real overrun. When saying it, usually they go, we've been grinding extra time if we need it. And they never need it. They usually go right to the top of the hour. But this time they actually did. Kudos for actually saying you got to overrun and using the overrun. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite. I thought a strong show, a very good show. Not a great show, but a very good show. Now you guys know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Remember, you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Before we do that, let's check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 75% liked the show. 17% um, didn't like the show. And 8% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 61% liked the show, 27% thought it was just all right, and 11% did not like Dynamite, and finally, the YouTube poll. YouTube community poll, 64% liked the show, 25% thought it was just all right, and 2% did not like it. One person said, decent show, 7 out of 8, and another one said 8 out of 10. As far as the text messages do go, remember that is uh, 510-906-1341. Um, I got a message here that I'm not going to read because they're talking about reports that I have not seen and reports that I, that kind of contradict things I've heard So because I'm not confident in reading this because it's the person says I've seen reports and I'm not going to go any further, but what they say contradicts things that I've heard. So I'm not going to say those because I don't believe them. But this person here says, what are your thoughts on Wardle becoming the new TNT champ? Already talked about that. Person says, Matt Hardy's segment with Christian kind of reminded me of Matt's segment with Randy Orton in 2020 after Edge was attacked. So I can't believe Jake actually said, uh, also I can't believe Jake actually said WWE. That's not a shock. They've said, and they've said WWE on AEW television before when referencing a prior 
storyline angle relationship of two wrestlers from there. Finally, this person says, um, when do you think CM Punk will return? No clue. Because they haven't even told us what the actual injury is. We believe it's a broken foot, but with them not even telling us that, we can't even try to guess. I've heard maybe all out, if not full gear. But we don't know because we don't even know what the injury is and how severe it was and if he needed surgery or not. He says, what is the latest on Jeff? It seems like they are setting up the Hardys versus Christian and Luchasaurus. Well, Jeff's suspended right now. Jeff's got to go to court soon. And apparently Tony Khan said he's in treatment. So we don't have an update. He says, what is next for Thunder Rosa? When will MJF? You got all these questions that nobody knows answers for. Said, when, what's next for Thunder Rosa? It looks like fucking Tony Storm again, probably. If not, Nyla Rose. And he says, when will MJF return? No one knows because Tony Khan played the boys on that one. They pissed off a lot of people. He says, what else could they do with Eddie and JAS? I would say a regular cage match with just Eddie and Jericho, maybe. So nobody can get involved and it's finally just those two. That's what I would say. Put them in a cage. No one can get involved. It's just Jericho and Eddie. But with that, guys, that's going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you for joining me here on live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Or if you are watching later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Apple Play, all that kind of stuff. iHeartRadio. Thank you so much. But with that, guys, we're going to go. We're going to be back on Friday for the Wrestling Wrap-Up and Friday Night SmackDown. So have a good night, guys, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.